everyone, welcome to another episode of the Buck Starts Here. I am taping an episode with Amy Kalen, one of my favorite human beings on the face of the entire planet. She is a senior copy editor at Credit Karma. She's also a parent, and she's also just really wonderful. I mean, I can't emphasize that enough. Um, and I'm really excited to have you on today, Amy, because we are going to be talking a little bit about introducing personal finance to your children. So thank you for coming. Thank you. It's good to be here. <laughs> Before we get started, I do have to read a disclaimer. So everyone just don't fast forward for the next 10 seconds. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast are meant for educational and entertainment purposes only. They are not intended to be used as financial advice. Credit Karma receives compensation from third-party advertisers, but that doesn't affect our opinions on this show. Credit Karma's marketing partners do not review, approve, or endorse this content. So yeah. <laughs> um, Amy, thank you so much for coming on. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Who are you? What is your parental situation? As in, why? how are you a parent? Tell me. <laughs> so I, um, I'm a copy editor at Credit Karma. I work on the informational articles that we have on our website dealing with personal finance. I'm also a mom of one child. And as a mom, I think my interest in finance and the psychology of finance and behavioral finance, um, I've always had that interest. But when you are raising a child, I think you tend to focus on it even more because you want them to grow into a confident and responsible um, manager of their money. Yeah, for sure. You're like trying to create to, to develop an entire responsible human being and personally i think you're doing an excellent job well thank I you appreciate that love your child uh so i think that one of the big things that i hear people complain about a lot is that personal finance really very frequently isn't taught in schools i don't think i've never heard of anyone who had a personal finance class i had a one day unit in a government class one time in high school where they're like here's how you balance your checkbook which i don't think anyone even does anymore because of online checking. And it's, it's just something that unless your parents talk to you, there's not like really an organizational like transfer of knowledge about this stuff. I, I think that's uh, very true today still, at least in the public schools. There is no structured curriculum at all around money. And as a parent, I know that when my daughter was around in, uh, entering fourth grade, fifth grade, I realized at some point that she doesn't know what the difference is between a debit card and a credit card. Um, she doesn't understand banking, just the basics of it. It's around her, but um, not something that we ever talked about. And I realized at some point, okay, we need to have conversations about those things in order for her to actually learn about those things by the time she's going into middle school, which seems necessary. Yeah, especially because I think a lot of behaviors that are related to personal finance are things that you would benefit from learning younger because it's it's really their skills that you practice throughout your entire life, which we'll, we'll get into. But I just wanted to remind listeners that we are going to be talking about some of Amy's experiences as a parent. And these are strategies that you could use in your playbook, but only you know what your situation is. So we're not telling you you have to do this. This is just stuff that Amy has found helpful and that maybe I will find helpful one day when I'm the mother of more than just a very ornery little dog. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, so what kind of what kind of like general education stuff like what kind of stuff have you talked about with Mia so far? And how old is Mia? 
Mia's 13 now. Mm -hmm. Um, We started, um, as I said, probably around fourth grade, just kind of naturally bringing her into sort of the day-to-day of personal finance. So when we'd go to the ATM, it seems like a simple thing. She was standing next to me and I would ask her, do you know like where this money's coming from? Um, she didn't because we had never talked about it. And so just a, just a brief casual conversation in those kind of moments is how we started educating her. And you know, I, I, I know of other parents who are very creative and they create games or they have you know sort of a more structured way of doing these things but for us we're super busy most of the time i can't get it together to create <laughs> games and, and do that sort of thing and so it was these day-to-day conversations just on the fly that i think sort of brought her along when i was like working on bills on a saturday morning or our budget to just kind of pull her over to me and show her up what i was doing and how i was doing it and why and that seemed to go a long way it seemed to stick with her very well yeah as much as i dunked on balancing your checkbook earlier i do have very strong memories of sitting next to my mom and watching her do the figures and her explaining like when you have this much money and it goes in and out and this is how you track everything the, the fundamentals are still there, even if you don't necessarily have to do the math anymore by yourself, because you can check online. Right. Um, I think that one of the things that you talked to me about earlier that really stuck with me when we were talking about some of the things you do are the things that you do around self-awareness for Mia. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, I mean, I think that kids, as they are getting older, as much as we try to... Um, or as much as we may try to restrict and control their exposure to TV, to social media, and even amongst their peers, they do get exposed to a lot of stimuli. And one aspect of self-awareness that we have tried to impress uh, upon daughter is that advertising, social media, is a kind of manipulation. And for her to be aware of it is for her to be more in control of her own self and her own actions. Just that awareness starts to create this ability to pause when she has an impulse to want something or want to buy something quickly. We obviously have restrictions in place where she can't just use a credit card or or buy something online when she sees it or when she is being sort of lured to do so. But as she gets older, hopefully that ability to pause and just be aware will help her Um, with her own self-control. Yeah, I think this is something that we've seen kind of evolve over time. I think consumers just, in my opinion, have become more sophisticated. And we're we're going from TV ads where, you know, like you you can walk away from the TV and like it's very clear that you're in an advertising break in the middle of a football game or whatever. It's not the same content. But if you're scrolling through a social media feed, like the line between ad and user-generated content is very thin, Sometimes it's really hard to tell. And even though, you know, some government bodies have like started doing some regulation saying like, oh, you have to say this is an advertisement, especially if you're younger. I don't know if it's easy to tell. And sometimes as an old person, old person, a young middle, I don't know what old, how old I'm 32 years old. <laughs> I'll just tell the world <laughs> as, a, as a 32 year old woman. Sometimes I'm scrolling through Instagram and I'm like. I'll see a dog bed and I'm like, oh, is this my my friend's dog? And it's not. It's just an ad for it's hard to tell. Some dogs look look the same. Um, and those things are so tempting. And I'll spend like 20 minutes researching like an Instagram dog bed. Like, do I need this dog bed? I don't. 
I have three dog beds. One of them, I don't think even belongs to me. I don't know how it got here. Right. It's, and it's a, it is true that it's a lot to ask of a young brain. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't realize that when they're seeing stuff on social media, that there's an adrenaline that's going, that's triggering within them. And to be able to just, again, just be aware is a good step forward. Yeah. Uh, you laid out kind of a framework that you have for Mia that I think is super helpful I feel like my therapist might have also given me the same framework for other things in life. Do you want to share it? Yeah, I I think, you know, when my daughter gets a certain amount of money, we don't give her a, a specific allowance or a regular allowance. But from time to time, she does fall into a sum of money, either for, you know, from Christmas or for a birthday or for a report card. Some grandma sends some money. There is a strong impulse there to spend right away. And to spend it all. And so what we've asked her to do is sort of, you know, go through these few steps of like, one, check in with herself about how she's feeling. Just kind of take note of her emotions. And then pause. And that pause is really important for no other reason than just to pause. And then spend a little bit of time playing out, imagining, okay, if I bought this now, and if I spent all my money on this now, what would happen then? How would I feel tomorrow? I now can't get something else that maybe I also wanted to get. Are you making that decision? Again, she may end up buying what she wanted to buy in the first place, but to go through that process is building in a habit of pausing and thinking something through. And then taking note after you buy something. You know, we don't always buy the things that we end up wanting to have. And those lessons are just as important. You don't want to squander a ton of money or let them squander a ton of money on that sort of thing. You probably don't have a lot of money that you can just let your kid blow on stuff. But every now and then to let them fall by themselves and let them have a little regret is also good. Yeah. Do you have like an example of that? Uh, well, I, I, a lot of kids uh, are playing on Roblox these days. There have been stories that I've read about kids spending a lot of money on that because it's uh, usually a little bit at a time. What is what is Roblox? Roblox is an online gaming platform where kids can build an identity and interact with one another. That's the simplest way I can describe it. And the things cost money that you give your character, the clothes, a hat, sunglasses, a different like length of hair or a different shape of body. All of these things cost money and the kids are so into this and so driven to go with whatever trends are going on. There's just this tendency to want to participate to the max. And so our daughter recently got like a hundred bucks. She wanted to spend it all on Roblox. And we did not let her do that. We actually made her wait a week. And within that week, she changed her mind several times about what she wanted to do. So that experience, when we sort of like control, helped her control that and sort of led her through that process, she was able to see, wait a second, I changed my mind three times. And that has, I think, informed her behavior since then. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like after kind of after the fact you do a like a debriefing like you talk to her and you're like okay like this last week how do you feel like what did you think right and you know I don't want whoever's listening to think that we spend so much time you know dissecting all of this stuff and like talking it to death but really again it is just short simple conversations that that really go a long way 
Oh, yeah. And I think that everyone has those experiences in their their own personal lives where they remember like just a very short conversation that they had with their parents, something even just offhand comments that just stick with you. Right. Forever. Right. Um, I think that that is I think that that's like a huge key aspect of what you're talking about is just like really making it an ongoing discussion and not just sitting down and saying, like, okay, and today we learn about credit card APRs. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Credit card APRs are very important, though. Um, (laughs) We'll talk about that on another episode. Um, Yeah, I think the other thing that was really crucial for me growing up was that my parents were also very transparent about what was going on money-wise, right? And not in a traumatic way or anything, but like they were very clear, like you going to school costs this much money because I was in a private school when I was younger. Or, you know, like we want to go on vacation and we have to save X amount of money if we want to do that. Just like whatever it was, like they kind of like took me through what they were thinking of as well. And like you said, it wasn't like they were sitting down and lecturing me. It was just like, just so you know, things cost stuff. Right. I do remember having a dinner time conversation one time where my dad was like, you better make a lot of money when you grow up. <laughs> and I was like, excuse me? <laughs> and he goes, uh, you know, do you know how many books you read per week? And this was back in the day when paperbacks were like $5. Yeah. And he was like, you read like five books a week. That's $20 right there. $25 right there. And he's like, you, you know, like if you, and then if you think about rent and utilities and this was before internet, so no one said internet, but you know, like having a car and he started doing all of this mental math right in front of me. And I realized like how much my just bare existence cost. And it was just like earth shattering. Eye-opening. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe don't, well, maybe do do that. I don't know. But like, I definitely, I still have such clear memories of that night. I, I like, I really, I love my parents. I know my mom is a hundred percent listening to this and she will a thousand percent tell my dad about this story but I remember them having a conversation with me where they were like you know like you uh want to make sure you get a job that pays you really well gotta work hard to do that yeah I I think you know it is true that our experiences with our parents growing up or whoever our guardians are it makes a huge impact Mm -hmm. on those you know habits and just ideas and emotions about money that we take into adulthood I think you know in our case we do try to make our personal finance as a family, very transparent and open. I I think every parent has to judge what their own child is capable of taking in. As a family, we've had some ups and downs financially. When I was growing up, we had some, you know, severe ups and downs, and I know how that affected me. Um, We try not to fight (laughs) vigorously in front of our daughter when we're discussing money, but we do have some lively discussions at times. We talk about what we're worried about. Uh, We talk about planning for the future. When there's a big purchase to be made, we talk about it out loud. So she hears us weighing the pros and cons. Um, She hears us talking about our budget and what we might have to sacrifice on one end or another in order to do what we wanna do. And I think that is healthy for her yeah she knows that not everything is a straightforward easy decision when it comes to money and she knows that there are consequences so i think that's something that's really important we also talk about what our regrets are like if we make mistakes why we think we made them and so she's able to hopefully learn from those examples 
Yeah. And honestly, you're not just talking about personal finance. You're also modeling really healthy relationship behaviors too, which I think is a really beautiful thing. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, I, I know that my daughter actually gets kind of cringy when we're starting to have you know, kind of uh, heated discussions about certain things. She doesn't really necessarily like it, but in the end, I think it's going to help build her own resilience and sort of lessen her fear of having those conversations in her relationships. Yeah, for sure. I think it's really important. This is just completely a personal opinion, but I think it's really important for kids to see that people can disagree and they can do it in a productive way and not just in a way that involves like screaming and shouting for sure you know um and that you can have a discussion that comes out with a result that is you know maybe not something that either party really really wants but it's something that's agreeable to both and something that they can move on in with in a healthy way um wow you're a great mom oh thank you (laughs) (laughs) depends on the day you know (laughs) Um, no, I think that these are all really, really helpful things that you can do, you know? So we talked, um, a little bit about thinking out loud, helping them process their own decision-making with you, talking about your mistakes, talking about your successes, including them in your decision-making process for your own personal finances. I think one of the other things that you can do, and this depends on the age of your kid, right? And how much time you have and all of these things, but you can, you can also, show your kid how to use the tools that you're also already using for your own personal finances. So my dad growing up always, always like priced out everything he loved. He loves to this day. He still loves doing research. I told him I needed a new shower head and I got a phone call today saying that I needed to take pictures of everything so that he (laughs) could do all the research for my shower head, which I'm so a thousand percent grateful for, but I know he's got like a spreadsheet going and he's like doing all of his research and making tabs. And I do the same thing as an adult when I'm thinking about a major purchase or a $30 purchase, maybe not as much, but (laughs) thanks dad. You know, like so like there's actual like physical tools that you can show your kid how to use that could be really helpful. Yeah, and I think kids can get really into that. Um, mm. Just maybe having a, you know, a journal where they're writing down what their plans are for maybe some money that they're going to get to make lists of things and prioritizing things um, to get really into that. And also, like you said, working with spreadsheets can be really fun—a fun way to kind of like start doing their own kind of budget. And I love the idea of a journal too because you can look back on decisions that you've made correct and think about like oh like I I feel like a lot of people have this moment where they look at something that they wrote when they were like eight or nine and they're like wow so much angst in such a tiny body (laughs) (laughs) why was I thinking that (laughs) exactly yeah um so yeah there's there's a lot of tools and like I said a lot of personal finance stuff is online now so there's you know there's no reason if you don't if you feel comfortable doing it allowing your kid to look over your shoulder and look at how banking tools work because honestly they're not I don't think the most intuitive design at least for me you know so just like even the that that'll put them ahead just helping them navigate those kinds of websites yep it's a great idea yeah well is there anything else that you would like to add about parenting or personal finance I I would just say you know you just do the best you can like just being conscious of it having conversations when you can you can't worry about being perfect everybody's financial situation is different some parents are working two jobs just to kind of get by Mm -hmm. 
it doesn't matter. Like what I think what kids need is to just have that positive way of looking at how we deal with money. Um, mm-hmm. And that will boost their confidence and make them better self-advocates going forward. Yeah, a thousand percent. Because money, money in and of itself, that's a very important topic to understand. But something that you've emphasized throughout, I think, is the way that money can affect both you and your relationships yes. outside of the physical aspects of money. And I think that that's like, I don't actually know if it's true, but it's one of those things that floats around, which is that money is one of the leading causes of divorce. Yes. You know, it's, it's, you got to start young, helping people figure out what the relationship with money and, you know, eventually the relationship with money with other people is going to be. Right. hundred percent. Wow. Amy, you're just so special. I'm so happy you're here on the show with me. Thank you, Gabby. (laughs) It's great to be here too with you. (laughs) All right. Well, Thank you very much for listening to the show. If you like the show, please go to your podcast platform of choice, maybe Apple Podcasts, maybe Spotify, and subscribe to the show. That's a thing you can do. If you're listening on the website, you can listen to it on your phone, whenever you want, in your car, on your tractor, going for a run. I don't know. Whatever you do with your life. So thank you very much for listening. And I do have to read you one last disclaimer. Stick with me. The views expressed here are those of Credit Karma's editorial team or their guests. They do not represent the views of Credit Karma. Since the opinions and information on our show don't consider your personal situation, always do your own research before making financial decisions. The information on the show is accurate to the best of our knowledge when it's recorded. Bye, y'all.